Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash WinBet. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by SGPN Fantasy. Dominate your draft with the free SGPN Draft Kit. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft kit. And we're also brought to you by the Free Road Football Contest. Yes, it's back and better than ever. $5,000 up for grabs in our NFL contest and $1,500 up for grabs in our college football contest. Sign up exclusively over on our Discord at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. I'm just about that action, boss. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, you know the voice. You've heard me a couple times. I've been up here. So, you know, you're starting to get used to me if you haven't heard me a lot. It's the boy, Really Real, Villain Real, Terrell Furman Jr. And I am here with my co-host to talk some NFC South football Scott, studio, right show. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Nice to be back. Uh, it's fun going through a couple of divisions. Now it's time to go through one more. Feels good that col- that uh, college football season's underway. Uh, technically, I know week one starts in a couple of days, but week zero already happened. And we got the NFL coming up in about a week and a half, which should be fun. Looking forward to a lot of very entertaining football, a lot of DFS content, betting content. Should be a lot, a lot of fun for the next couple months. Yeah, it a lot, a lot of fun. Hopefully a way more fun than my week zero was. I was absolutely cold week zero. Very unstereotypical for me, of course. But it's Mahal- always Mahalo. great to bounce back. <laughs> Mahalo. <laughs> it was a very, very bad bet. We'll just say that. Vanderbilt is going to be this year's national champions, apparently. But what I have to say is that we're bouncing back, and we're bouncing back on the college football show, the college football experience. Can't wait to do that. I'm up there every live stream Saturday with Kobe doing episodes over there. Also here, NFL, Scott, we have the Thursday Amazon slate. That is us. We are going to be breaking down every single Thursday night football game on Amazon all season. So it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of an opportunity. Like, you know, now we're, we're the Thursday night booth. You don't have to go to the booth to get where the Thursday night booth. So whether you want your DFS, your same game parlays, your regular spread, total money line, all those bets for Thursday nights, you're coming here to the NFL gambling podcast with me, 
Villain Rail, Scott Studio Rice Show. Doesn't get any better than that. Does it, people? Does it, Scott? It doesn't get better than that. All I know is for Thursday Night Football, if they did not copyright the idea of Amazon primetime football, cool. I don't know what they're missing because that's right there. I, that's sitting right there. I'm I haven't heard anybody plug that, but I might be copywriting that after the show. Yeah, might have to go. Might have to go over there and just uh, get that. That's a Brinks truck right there because then they're gonna be coming to us looking for the copyright. We're like, hey, you got to pull out that that check. I need a little bit of that NFL money. I know that NFL threw that money for them, so. It's definitely going to be a good time there. Before we get into the NFC South, let's talk about WinBet and their new customers join. Bet $100, you get a $100 free bet. What's easier than that? You get an extra $100 free bet just for betting $100. And if you bet baseball, you get reduced juice in their baseball games where you're getting the best price than any other sports book. Plus, WinBet Casino is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where you can go and get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Plus, Win just released their first QB with five touchdown prop bets. Make sure you place a bet there. So much choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Our subject change terms and conditions at WinBet.com must be 21 older and present in the state. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Brought to you by OddsTrader. OddsTrader, the place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can even get different sign-up codes. They have all the sign-up codes on the website as well. Super-duper easy. Comes with handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scoring, player statistics, key game statistics, even game day weather. And they give you a bet tracker to keep record of all your games and betting activity. Go to OddsTrader.com. Blue Wire, Ops Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. What's the to you by a free roll football contest? College football, $1,500. NFL, $5,000. And a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts, Las Vegas. Sign up exclusively on our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. All right, Scott, let's go ahead and get into this NFC South slate. We have last place last year, Carolina Panthers over under set at six and a half on their win total, 11 to one to win the division, 50 to one to win the conference, 150 to one to win the Super Bowl. Crazy thing is not the longest odds in this entire division. Big news. They brought in Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter. They still have Christian McCaffrey for how many games? We don't know, but he's still there. DJ Moore still there on the outside. I mean, it looks pretty decent skill position players. My guy Tommy Trumbull is in the starting lineup as the tight end this year. So what do we think about the outlook for this Carolina Panthers squad who last season really, really, really seemed to get bit by the injury bug? Well, there's three main talking points about Carolina, which is which are the basic to- uh, talking points, but I got to go through them each. First of all, Baker Mayfield. We got to figure out how much of an upgrade he is over Darnold. And we got to figure out if he's actually going to be, uh, let's just say, a pleasant surprise. Because I don't really know how to fully assess his Browns tenure because he was okay at times. He also got injured a lot and he played through a lot of injuries. So a lot of his really bad numbers, for example, last year came when he was basically on one shoulder and he was awful as a result. But they kept throwing him out there and then he ended up really looking 
lost at times because he couldn't use his normal throwing motion because his shoulder was messed up. But that's one question. The second one is going to be McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, because we know that he's easily the most important player on the team. And the third one's going to be Matt Rule, because Matt Rule so far in his head coaching career in the NFL has really not worked out at all. And injuries have played a part of that, but I do have to at least bring it up. Is there a chance that Carolina pulls the trigger midseason and has a coaching change? Because that's another variable you might have to account for. Yeah, I think it's a pretty big chance that they do that. He's the betting favorite right now to be the first head coach fire. No, I don't think he's going to be the first, but I don't think he's making it through the rest of the season. I think there is a point at the end of the season where they just say, all right, we're tired of this. And it's probably going to become on the play of that defense. That's what Matt Rule was brought in for. He was a defensive head coach at Temple, at Baylor, and now he has the opportunity, you know, to really make something of a pretty decent – I think this is a really decent defensive unit when I look at the names all over this defense. And so if the defense starts playing terribly – over the course of the season, then I think that's grounds for removal. I, Sam, The Sam Darnold-Baker Mayfield thing, I think they're giving him a little bit of a pass on, but it's that defense. If that defense is playing really, really bad over the course of the season, they are going to get Matt Rule up out of there. Well, they need Horn to stay healthy because Horn was looking like an absolute beast in the secondary, and then he tore his ACL in mm-hmm. one of the first couple weeks of the season. And then once he got injured, the secondary kind of fell apart after that. So if Horn can stay healthy, then I actually do like the outlook of that defense for the most part. But I do wonder, though, about Rule. He's had some questionable decisions, whether it involves sending out field goal kickers from like 60-something yards when they clearly can't reach it or just uh, fourth down decision-making hasn't been great. Uh, They tried a couple of experiments last year at quarterback with Cam Newton, for example, and they tried P.J. Walker to start a game or two, and none of it really worked. We'll see what happens, but for the sake of this team, there's a little bit too much uncertainty for me. I think this number is where it should be. Like, I don't think there's a clear, I'd say, win total that I just think is, I'd say, the most likely outcome for Carolina. I think Carolina could finish in in several uh, win total amounts. They could finish with seven, could finish with six, could finish with five, could even finish with four. But Mm -hmm. for me... I'm going to go with 6-11. and 11. I took McCaffrey with the second pick in my fantasy league because I didn't have a choice. Do I think he's going to get hurt? Probably. But you can't pass up on McCaffrey and half-point PPR for the second pick. So I think he's going to get hurt again. Mayfield, I'm not sure if he can stay healthy. Mayfield also, I mentioned how his Cleveland time wasn't exactly the easiest to evaluate. There's no guarantee he's going to stay healthy either because he got injured yeah. a lot. And he was very yeah. tough and he played through it. But that doesn't change the fact that he wasn't playing well because he had a lot of really bad injuries that would have probably put most quarterbacks on the shelf and he toughed it out and potentially to the detriment of his own team. But I'm going to go with the under. I still don't really like Rule as a head coach from what I've seen up to this point. His in-game decision-making isn't exactly great. McCaffrey still has the injury concerns. Mayfield has injury concerns. Horn, I just mentioned, being a very good secondary piece, but he's also coming off a serious leg injury. There's no guarantee he stays healthy. With the durability concerns, I'm going to lean to the under, but I do think this number is very close to where it should be. I'm going to lean under by basically half a game. I think it's going to be a nail-biter throughout the entire season. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I have just one more game. I think they're more of a five-win team for me. Okay. But I know for a fact, one 
very good fact that they are going to at least beat the Browns week one. Yes, they are going to beat the Browns week one. So if you want to wait on betting this win total, you want them to catch that first win. And then maybe you get like maybe some less juice on that six and a half, maybe even goes to seven. Like, Hey, maybe they didn't think people really didn't think that their Panthers were going to win that game. Maybe it goes seven. Maybe you get a little bit less, more juice. And you know, you're not paying as much juice as you would be paying. I think they win that week one. That that is a hundred percent. Put it in your survivor pick. I think week one is a lock. However, as you brought up for over the course of the season, the health of Baker Mayfield is concerning because that offensive line is really bad. That offensive line is really bad. And they have to, they're working in a rookie and Ikongwu, who Charlotte born. I really hope he does really, really good, but he's just not going to make the impact year one. I really liked him at NC State, though. I think he's yeah, going to be good. No, he's, yeah, he's going to be really good. It's just, I'm not, I'm not thinking, I think he's, Potentially the best, probably, maybe Morton, Moten, if he's possibly, but... Point is, it might take him a year or two yeah, to fully transition. Yeah, it's going to take them a while to and to get everything going. So, no, I'm not really... I'm not feeling the offensive line. And that moves Christian McCaffrey's stock up because once that offensive line crumbles, who they look for, look for Christian McCaffrey. He'll get out. He'll make plays no matter what's in front of him. But it puts Baker's stock down for me, and it ultimately puts the whole team stock down for the, over the course of the season. I just think that they're going to have very struggles on offense. There's going to be a team whose under is going to be one to play throughout the entire season because they're going to have struggles on offense. And the defense is very, very decent, like very decent. Mm. And Rule can control his own destiny with how well that defense plays. Is he making it past this season? Probably not. But he can make sure that he can at least play hat club. He can coach a whole 17 games at that defense. So, yep, I'm here on the under for the Carolina Panthers. I don't think that it's going to be that good of a team, to be honest. Almost could have sold me on them being decent, but it's just that offensive line. That's really going to be the thing that's going to kill Baker Mayfield in the 15 to 20 times he probably has to throw. Because if I'm them, I'm running the ball through Christian McCaffrey and through uh, what's the backup. That's also the problem, though. You're running a lot with an injury-prone running back. Yeah. There's really no right answer. You're kind of just stuck between two options, which I guess you're okay with, but you don't feel great about, and they easily could blow up in your face with one injury. I think that one of them, if not both, will get injured at some point, not to mention the turnover issues with Baker. And if the offensive line is going to be a problem, you might see a lot of questionable throws, which we know Mayfield has made a few too many of at this point in his career. Yeah, for sure. Shuba Hubbard is the name I was thinking yeah. of. Shuba Hubbard. Yes. All right. Well, anything else? We I mean, we've already so nothing on the Super Bowl, nothing on the. AFC. I mean, are you blindly taking unders on McCaffrey, just assuming he gets hurt, or what exactly is your plan for player props? Because I don't really know what the plan is. Because it's a question of do you think the person stays healthy or not? That's the only question you're asking for any of these yeah. player props. Besides maybe DJ Moore, but then he might have Darnold throwing him the ball a couple games, and I don't know if I want that. I, I'm i not betting McCaffrey unders because I actually do think this is the bounce back year for McCaffrey. I hope it is. And I got him is, second overall. <laughs> this is the year that he actually stays healthy. And because he's not an injury prone player, I like, I don't, I wouldn't say he's injury prone. I just think that he just caught a bad break. Like, it's also a like workload I, issue when you give him that yeah. many touches for several years. Of course, he's going to get hurt at some point. 
Yeah, and so I, yeah, I don't think he's like I don't think Saquon's injury prone. I don't think either one of them are injury prone. I just think they caught some bad breaks. So I'm not really taking the under on those guys. I that's the point. I, I don't Baker's, know what player props were. Baker's looking at. passing yards are at 3,700. Are we even sure Baker Mayfield starts every game? Do you actually think they put Darnold behind center for a couple games? I mean, I, let's ignore injury for the, a second. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, injury. Let's yeah. ignore injury. Let's just say Baker does stay healthy, but he's struggling. Let's say Carolina is, let's say, four and 10. They're not going to make the playoffs, they're four and 10. Do you think that they switch and just evaluate young talent? Because Darnold doesn't is technically young talent, but they watched him last year. Do you think he See, could get benched if the team sucks? What's Matt Rule's? Is Matt Rule out? Not Matt Rule, but Matt Corral. Is Matt Corral out for the rest of the year? I, got, I can't remember. It was, it was very, very rough. Yeah, he's a, he's out for the year. His, his right. legs d- destroyed. Yeah, he, he's out okay, for the year. I'm not, no, because there's nobody else to play. You could argue P.J. Walker, play? but they've tried that too. Yeah, they tried. To, yeah, no, they they ride out the season. Baker, okay, Baker could probably. That, that's why you mentioned passing yards. I don't know if after Darnold lost the job and you tried him out last year and he sucked for the entire second half, if you'd really bench Baker, I think Baker's going to have the job for the entire season. Try to prove his worth, and they'll go from there. Because they know for a fact Darnold is not the answer to the future. Maybe Baker is. I think Baker might get a full seventeen weeks, no matter how bad this team is. In my opinion. Yeah. All right. I'm going to just go with DJ Moore receptions total 85 and a half okay. minus 120. That feels that feels safe. If anything, I'm not relying on the downfield throwing from Baker. I'm positive he's going to be a PPR machine over this year when he's getting the ball out quickly to DJ Moore and quickly to Chris McCaffrey. And what do we know about this Panthers offense? At the end of the day, if they're healthy, DJ Moore and Chris McCaffrey are going to be really good. We know that for a fact. So, yeah, just give me the over 85 and a half receptions for DJ Moore minus 120. We also acknowledge the game flow because we think that Carolina is going to potentially win five games. So if they're going to be trailing a lot, they're going to get a lot of potential garbage time in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else for the people in the Carolina Panthers where we get about here? I got nothing. I know Rule was the favorite to be the first head coach fired at plus 350. I'm not taking it. There's a couple no, other options I'd rather have. Yeah. But I, there's nothing I'm intrigued by besides maybe McCaffrey comeback player of the year. That's basically the only award I'd consider taking from this team, but I'm not even seriously considering it. But I believe McCaffrey's like five to one to win that award, give or take. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the only one I'd consider. Well, I'm looking for one more prop bet here. Carolina Panthers under two and a half wins minus one forty, over two and a half wins plus one ten. You mean in, in, in division? division. Yeah, okay. In division, yes. Okay, well, we'll start off with the basics. Would they sweep Atlanta? That's the question, and I don't think that's guaranteed. <laughs> but I think that – no, I don't think that's Okay, we'll work backwards then. Do up. they get swept by Tampa? Possibly not. Do they get swept by New Orleans? I think so. I think New Orleans is better than what we're giving them credit for early. Okay, yeah, no, it's minus one forty on the under. If you don't know if they're gonna sweep, I can't see what three teams they're gonna. I can't see what team they're gonna sweep, and I think they get swept more than. Just saying, if they're not going to sweep Atlanta, then that means they're winning at least one game against all three other opponents. Nah, that's not happening. Yeah, they need to sweep Atlanta. I like that bet under two and a half minus because I think they finish at two. They either sweep Atlanta and don't get another win, 
or they steal one from the four chances they have to beat Tampa Bay and the Saints and then go one and one with Atlanta. Yeah, give me under two and a half. That's a pretty good bet. I, I really think this Carolina team is going to be – it's like a I have a good outlook for them, but it's good but bad. Like I'm like, oh, yeah, you're not going to be the worst team in the league. You're just not going to get over five wins. All right, under two and a half, minus 140. I'll save Wait, my props for the other teams. What's the uh, last last game of the season is the Saints. Saints. Oh, Saints probably need that. They're game. probably yeah, playing for a playoff spot. Yeah, they're playing. Point. Yeah, they're probably playing for a playoff spot. Yep, I'm keeping it under two and a half minus 140. All right, let's move on to the next game. Third place last year and sneakily good, which is hilarious. This Atlanta Falcons team is so funny. Good's a relative term, but sure. <laughs> relative, relative, yes. But they got seven wins for a team with one of the worst point differentials in the history of the league ever. <laughs> so Atlanta Falcons over under win total set at four and a half, 25 to one to win the division, 101 to win the NFC and 250 to one to win the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan is gone. He's off, shipped off over in Indianapolis. It's about time. You have brought in Marcus Mariota. Not and about Ritter. time for that. <laughs> but, yeah, so you bring in Marcus Mariota. You draft Desmond Ritter. You have two quarterbacks that you're probably at some point going to be going back and forth before. Got London. And then you have Drake London. You lost to Ridley, so that's kind of the trade-off. Yeah, I was about to say, you have Drake London. You have Kyle Pitts, but you don't have Calvin Ridley, which is going to stink. And then I could – They lost Gage as well. Do. Yeah, well, okay. Gage was arguably their best receiver last year, which tells you how bad the receiving core was. But he was actually a good piece to that team. So, yeah, that's another guy. I mean, so far, there's nothing telling me that this isn't the holy crap Kyle Pitts is the number one tight end of all of fantasy right now. Because he's easily walking into 100 target, 100 plus targets, easily walking into that. But this Atlanta Falcons team overall, they're not going to be good. No, they're, they're not gonna be good. It's gonna be pretty bad. It's gonna be bad times. But is it is it four and a half bad? Is it less than four and a half bad, Scott? I was going to say yes, and then I saw Mariota in preseason, and I actually thought he wasn't that bad. I saw Ritter in preseason. I didn't think he was that bad either. So I guess the reason why I was going to look at Atlanta for an under initially was. Mariota's been a gadget quarterback with the Raiders. I didn't exactly trust him, A, to stay healthy, B, to actually look decent, because we saw his Tennessee uh, time, and it wasn't exactly ideal. He was pretty mediocre. That's kind of how you can sum up uh, his entire time with the Titans. I think Ritter's going to start a couple games, but Ritter looked pretty good in preseason. I think that four and a half does once again seem like a pretty sharp number. I'm going to lean to the over here. Mm-hmm. I was going to go with the under, but Mariota actually kind of impressed me a little bit in preseason. And the fact that they have two quarterbacks who could potentially step in and maybe steal a game or two. Last year was the first year of the system. Second year with the coach. So maybe they might have learned some things along the way. London got injured early on, but it seems like he's healthy now. Pitts is good. I expect Corderell Patterson to regress because I don't know how he was had a career year at basically like 32 years old. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened, but they still have Terrell in the secondary. Defense will not be that good, but at least they have some decent pieces scattered amongst the actual defense. I'll link to the over. I'm not betting this. I see a 5-12 and 12 team. I think they're a 5-win team, too. 
<laughs> but because one, Marcus Mariota, I don't know. At the, at some point, at this point, I think I just have some weird infatuation with Marcus Mariota. He didn't suck I'll in pause. preseason, you know. He actually looked okay. Pause. But it's just the fact that Marcus Mariota costs me a fantasy championship. So that's why I'm like, oh well, Marcus Mariota might be good here because Derek Carr got injured that year, and Marcus Mariota came in for that Chargers game and looked really, really good. Put up a really good fantasy day, and I was like, damn. Derek Carr had that. I would have won my fantasy championship that year. So I really had bad luck with Raiders team. I lost, they lost me the championship in that league. And it was another league that I lost because Josh Jacobs sat down at the one instead of scoring where I would have actually, those six points would have been enough for me to win championship that year. I have really bad luck with that Raiders team. Falcons, back to Falcons, get distracted. It's four and a half. Like that number is exactly where it should much. be. And I think that I think that they're not getting enough credit for the actual talent that they, they really do have talent on that offense. Like when you think of Drake London, you think of Kyle Pitts, you think of Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson was like a freaking DFS god last he'll year. He'll regress, <laughs> but I still think he'll be valuable. Yeah, he'll definitely still be val- valuable. And so it's what will the head coach do with Marcus Mariota. They were together over there at Tennessee, in Tennessee. So will he be able to get the best out of Marcus Mariota over the course of the entire season? And another way to think of this is, does Desmond Ritter ever get snaps under center as a starting quarterback this season? I think he will. But the point is, I don't think that the drop-off between Mariota and Ritter is as big as I thought it was going to be when the season started. So the point is, mm-hmm. I do think Atlanta could win a couple games if they make with a quarterback Ritter. switch. But... The way I'm looking at it, I see Atlanta last year being forced into using a, in my opinion, washed up immobile quarterback in Matt Ryan for the entire season. Mm -hmm. And you wonder what type of new wrinkles an offense could have. Smith has been a very solid offensive coordinator, mostly with Tennessee. We know he's creative, and we know Tannehill's mobile. So the point is, now he has a mobile quarterback with Mariota and Ritter, I do wonder if the ground game might be the focal point of the team and maybe they can catch some teams off guard because you went from one of the least mobile quarterbacks in the league to one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league and you come from a background where you have had success with a mobile quarterback with Tannehill. I do think that's a pretty interesting wrinkle that might catch some teams off guard if they can just run the ball down people's throats and Mariota can maybe work in a couple of... Lamar Jackson packages where they use him in the goal line and they try to get him some rushing touchdowns. Maybe they might have a good red zone offense. Who knows? Short yardage situations. Maybe they can work itself out. Yeah. Give me. Yeah. Give me over over four and a half. I think that they're sneakily. They, they, they steal a couple games. I think I'm giving them five. They steal. Yeah. Whatever. Give me over to four and a half. Yeah. Literally coming in at five. So this is another sweat. I'm not betting this by any means. All right. You have any props over for this? Well, those props are going to vary because some books have this quarterback listed and some don't. I like the Mariota unders. Mm-hmm. I think he's either going to get hurt or benched. There's really no middle ground for me. Mariota was brought in. Let's be real. It's a stopgap. They're going to see how he looks. They'll bring in a Ritter for a couple games. And then if they both suck, they'll draft Stroud or they'll draft Caleb Williams. Am I missing something? But that's kind of what the strategy is, isn't it? Mm, yeah. For the most part. Unless Ritter looks good, and then they could immediately pivot and declare Ritter the quarterback of the future. The point is the the future plans of a rebuilding team do not involve a veteran quarterback, which is what Mariota basically is right now, who's turned into a journeyman. 
And I think Mariota's time with Atlanta, even if he plays decently, might be limited because if Atlanta's out of the playoff picture like we think they will be, then what's the incentive of continuing to use Mariota in the final five games of the season? I don't think there's any. We mentioned Carolina sticking with Mayfield because they really don't have many young quarterbacks that are intriguing. Ritter might be intriguing. So do you maybe give him the uh, Giants-Eli Manning situation? It's different because you had Kurt Warner there, but the idea was you bring in a veteran who maybe can bring some stability. The team sucked and said, you know what? It's a lost cause anyway. Let's let the young guy try to get some cracks at it. Mm. I can see a similar situation unfolding here. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going a different route. And I'm going with Kyle Pitts because I just think Kyle Pitts is going to be one of the best fantasy options this season, especially at his position. And the fact that you just took an offense that predicated everything they did off of Calvin Ridley and you he's gone now. And you have a rookie wide receiver in Drake London, who was really good, but still a rookie wide receiver. Who also is coming off a leg injury and got injured in camp. So you don't know yeah. his durability for the entire season. And then, but you have Kyle Pitts here where his receptions total is at, oh, it's set at 68 and a half. He finished the year last year with 68. And he and really he didn't Calvin have Ridley a great the start to the year as well. He, he really picked it up late. To the year. He had a terrible start to the year. Is like I'm look I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about how the season went overall, and I'm like, man, he got over a thousand yards. He should like, have at least so seven, points. I'd say this year he should have minimum seventy five receptions. Minimum. Yeah, this is way way under and not juiced enough, or I'm not touching it. I'll take over sixty eight and a half minus one thirty. I think that's a lot. I like that prop too. It's probably my favorite one, but I was focusing on the quarterbacks because we just talked about Mariota. Yeah. I do think the writing's on the wall for Mariota to get benched at some point once Atlanta basically ends up with eight losses by week, I don't even know, 12. There there might just be some time where they realize, all right, the season's over. Let's see what the young guys got, and they'll just mm-hmm. pull him. I mean, we saw it with the Bengals with Andy Dalton a couple of years ago. He was having good numbers. The Bengals sucked, and they were randomly bringing out like Ryan Finley. And people, why? Because the team was bad anyway. So they knew they were going to draft somebody and they were going to evaluate the rest of the roster talent. I see a similar story here. Yeah. All right. Season awards, anything? For this uh, Marcus team? Marcus Mariota MVP? Think, uh, no, no MVP Mariota? No. Can't. <laughs> I'm not giving rookie of the year to Ritter either because he's going to miss too many games to start the year. Mm. What is, do they even have him listed under rookie of the year? Perhaps? I'm sure Ritter somewhere. He was still a quarterback taken, but there's no chance in hell he wins the award. Holy crap! Wait, is this name even listed here? And if you want to talk about the same coach oh, to be 21. fired, okay. If you want to talk about coach to be fired, I'm not picking Smith. It's really no, tough to fire a young a young coach in the middle of a massive rebuild when you yeah. trade Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley gets suspended, and you know your team's going to suck. It's pretty tough to blame the coach. There's no expectations for this team. It's a work in progress. So I don't think Smith is in any danger of getting fired, in my opinion. No. And not in any danger of winning coach of the year either because it's the same All right. Let's move on to the next game. Wait, no. Let's go and get paid first before we do that. And I got to talk to you about Sleeper, the fastest-growing fantasy platform with millions and millions of players 
And look, they have the new over-under game that's built into the fantasy experience. It's super easy. You can now select the over-unders for the players on your fantasy team. You can put them into the contest and win 2 to 20 times the money you put in. Super great, super easy. And you have a chat feature where you can go in there. You can copy our picks. We can copy your picks. We can all win the contest together. Sleeper.com says SGP gets you into our chat and it gets you an automatic match on your first deposit up to $100. Promo code SGP to sleeper.com slash SGP for your hundred deposit, $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We're also brought to you by Run Your Pool. Look, Run Your Pool is the home of competition. You have Survivor, you have Pick'em, you have Fantasy Pools, you have everything you need, and they are running our NFL Survivor Contest. $500 cash and $250 gift certificate to the merch store for first place in the contest. Sign up over at play.runyourpool.com slash SGP. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGP. All right, let's get into the actual teams that we think have a shot to actually do anything in this division. Saints, over under one total set eight and a half, plus 325 to win the division, 12 to one to win the NFC, 40 to one to win the Super Bowl. Jameis Winston is back for another year, eating W's all across the NFC South. I think he was, what, five and two, something like that as a starter last year before he got hurt. I think it was something like that. It was are, are we including the Buccaneers game that he got injured in the middle of because they won that game? Yeah. We are including that? Okay. Yeah, let's let's conclude that. And then, so, uh, where are we at? We got a new coach, Sean Payton. Yeah. Retired. Yeah, Sean Payton is gone. He, they just traded uh, C.J. Gartner over to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, he's out of there. But it's still a really, really good defense where they can afford to make moves like that. The question here, Chris Olave, that's my guy. You know, one of my guys for this season, Chris Olave. Chris Olave coming in, Jarvis Landry coming in. Michael maybe Thomas. Michael is Thomas. Back. Yeah, maybe he's back. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's back on paper, but as far as I know, he's still alive. So there's that. Yeah. You know? That. So. And then Alvin Kamara is not expected to be suspended this season. So you have a full season of Alvin Kamara as well. Sounds like a lot of things going right for the Saints. Is there anything that goes wrong for him? Uh, I guess the one problem would be if Winston got hurt again or if you just don't like Dennis Allen as a coach. Uh, The bright side, though, is they did bring back the offensive coordinator, so there is still some cohesion despite switching from an offensive-minded head coach to a defensive-minded head coach. So at least the entire system offensively should still be in place. As for the actual win total, I can guarantee you right now the odds makers are praying the Saints go under because the Saints are currently the second biggest liability for the over. According to sports books, you have the number at eight and a half. Yep. Eight and a half, according to one of my sources, is the second highest bet over in the entire league. So the odds makers want the under. I don't think they're going to get it. I'm going with the over. I like this team. Uh, I think that Jameis Winston actually looked good last year. And the main concern you had, he was going for the. Well, famous record of touchdowns and interceptions in a season. And then he came back the following year, and we were wondering, you know, would he be able to limit the turnovers? And he did. He actually looked solid for the first month or so. Then the knee issue happened. You had to rely on Simeon. Uh, you tried Taysom Hill. You tried uh, you tried Ian Book. It was a disaster. It was, it was really just a catastrophe. But Winston does give you stability 
And if he can limit turnovers like he did last year and he's getting weapons back, because Michael Thomas didn't play a game. Olave just got drafted. They have some weapons. And I think the defense should be good. You know, Cam Jordan's going to do his thing no matter what. The secondary is still pretty decent. The linebacking core is always underrated. I like the over. I think this team could potentially win the division, but I think they'll win 10 games. I think that this team is good enough to get to double-digit wins. I think 8.5 is too low. If I was pricing the win total myself, I would have it at 9.5 instead of 8.5. Does the New Orleans Saints cutting Ian Book go into your handicap at all for that over? He uh, Skyrocketing. <laughs> so so the second string now is who? Taysom Hill? I, yeah, I think so, actually. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, so... I, I look I forward to seeing Ian Book in either Canada or the USFL in about a year <laughs> or so. But yeah, the Saints... The point is, if Winston stays healthy, it's a massive upgrade compared to who they had for the final well, like 10 weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And they were on pace for what? Like 11, 12 wins before Winston yeah, got no, hurt? They were, I, they were really good. I mean, they took an L to New York Giants, of course. But I wouldn't blame. I don't blame you for that. Of course, I don't blame you for that at all. But they look really, really good. They look really, really good. So They've also done really well against Tampa in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why Tampa can't beat I'm just saying. Like so that, if, you, they... if you think that, that if history repeats itself and New Orleans sweeps, there's a chance they go 6-0 and in division if they sweep the Buccaneers. In fact, they should probably go 6-0 and in division if they sweep Tampa Bay. You can argue 5-1. and But the point I is... Say, I think this first week... I think they're going to get some trouble this first week. But Could be. But the point I'm trying that, to... Yeah, the point I, is, if they win in division, they do not have a first-place schedule because that's Tampa's respons- responsibility. I think there are 10-plus wins on the schedule. I'm going with the over. I like this team. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. So... It really depends on what Dennis Allen is as a head coach for me. I think they have everything on the wall. And it's, it Dennis Allen comes in, you either make your money or you're about to get run out the building very, very quickly because this is a pretty good roster. And the thing that has that Jameis really has going well for him is he has a lot of position, not positional, but PPR receivers. Like you have Alvin Kamara, you have Jarvis Landry, you have Michael Thomas. All those guys play great near the line of scrimmage, give you very, very positive looks and being able to go and get the ball out and not forcing plays to anybody because all those guys know how to get separation. And then when we think about what Chris Olave is going to bring as a deep threat that I don't think people are talking about, not only is he like a possession wide receiver, but he's also a deep threat that can travel the field. And I expect to see some of those long bombs that you saw go to the host of receivers last year, little Jordan Humphrey that went to freaking um, Callaway, Callaway, Traquan Smith, like all those deep balls, those are all getting condensed into into Chris Olave. And it's going to be really, really good for this offense. I think that they're going to have a perfect blend of running the ball, of short passes, long intermediate passes, all that. I, I'm really excited. Just will Dennis Allen live up to the hype? And well, he's no hype behind him, but will he not? fall, crash, burn on his face. I think it's really hard with this roster in year one. So, yeah, I'm with you on the Saints over eight and a half. I am going to ask, though, what are the best odds that you see for the Saints to win the division? To win the division? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Because right now I see plus, a... I have them at plus 325 at win bit. Okay. I saw 310, so I was curious if you saw something else. I like the value at 325. Yeah. No. I think it's good value. I think, I think it's based, amazing value. we're about to talk about Tampa in a second. There are a couple of really, really 
light yellow, me, uh, I'd say light red or dark yellow flags with this team during the offseason if we're using NASCAR flag scoring system. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit concerned from what I've seen with regard to Brady and some other distractions. We'll talk about them in a second. But the point is, I think based on what I've heard about Tampa through their camp and with Bowles also being a coach who didn't really work out the first time around, kind of like Dennis Allen, if they play this season three times, do I think the Saints win division once? Yeah, yeah. I think they do. So I like him at over three to one. I think they got a decent shot to win the division. Worst case is maybe you can get yourself a two pick parlay hedge in the final week of the season. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Do you like them to win division two or you're still picking Tampa? No, I like them to win division. I need to. It's pure value find, for me with New I Orleans. I need to find some uh, a team future on what is, what is the Saints to make the playoffs? Uh, Saints to make the playoffs. So let me pull that up really quickly. There we go. Uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. I see yeses plus 125. Yeah, give me that. Give me plus 125 for them. That's one of my favorite bets. Give me plus 125. I think they can make the playoffs. I think this is a 10-win team. And if you're a 10-win team, you're you're not plus money to win to make the playoffs. We're also expecting Arizona to take a step back. So the point is, if you're going to be losing a playoff team from last year, minimum of one, mm-hmm. somebody's got to fill the void. Yeah. So, New Orleans, I mean, Carolina, not Carolina, freaking Arizona could step back. Even 49ers could step back. There's questions on if Trey Lance is that guy or yeah. not. So the 49ers could have a step back. I think that is too many questionables around the league. And I'm just more certain about this Saints team that, yeah, I like New Orleans plus 125 to make playoffs. It's also pretty weird that with all the uncertainties that you just mentioned or alluded to, an offense with Jameis Winston has one of the most consistent overall teams in the league. That's just a Mm -hmm. very solid overall roster. Mm -hmm. And we also didn't mention it, but since Winston did get hurt last year, they have a good offensive line. Yeah. Which is important. All right. Anything else prop bet wise for you for rest season for the Saints? Um, I'm kind of confused what to exactly look for with the receivers because I'm trying to figure out how the targets are going to be divided. And looking at some receiving yards, uh, just to go through some names here, Michael Thomas is 800 and a half. Olave is 719 and a half. Uh, any of those interest you? I, I mean, I feel like I'm automatically looking at Thomas under. I don't feel great about it, but are we sure he can actually stay healthy for even a month at this point? He hasn't played in over a year. I get that he set the all-time record at the time for most receptions in his last full healthy season. Are we sure he's actually going to stay healthy? Because I'm not sure. And he had some issues with the actual uh, medical staff when it came to getting his injury evaluated and having surgery late. And there were a lot of question marks last year. I don't know if I trust... Michael Thomas at all, not even just on the field, but off the field. There's been a lot of weird stuff going on with the medical staff and him kind of beefing over the past year or so. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if his head's fully in it. It seems like a lot of people think that he's kind of a selfish diva. That's kind of the actual opinion around the league. I think I'm looking at the under for Michael Thomas, because if we're talking about the injury angle, he hasn't played in over a year. I'm not taking the over. I thought about that, but then I kind of thought, like, all right, what if what if Michael Thomas does buy in this year? Like, if he buys in, he's going to be really good. But he's a huge reception guy. He doesn't get many yards. 
but I still I still think he gets a lot of receptions in this offense. Uh, that's why I don't know. I think there was too many uh, positives and negatives for Michael Thomas, and it was just as easy as man. If this guy buys in, he's easily clashing his overs. But if he's like not bought in this season, then he's definitely going under. I feel like he's going to demand the ball. They have so many weapons that Thomas is going to say, give me the damn ball. I want it. And they're going to have some type of coaching conflict at some point in the season. I can see that happening. No, I don't know. I still think he's their main possession. I don't know. I think he's their main possession. Guy. He might like, be, but the, you mentioned a lot of guys. They have Landry. They have Olave. There's a lot of mouths to feed on but that I team. Think, but I think that there's more of a chance that Michael Thomas gets more of that workload than the other two. Like Olave... I love Olave in best ball. I don't necessarily like him in redraft just because I think that there's going to be two up and down. Like he's going to have games where he's absolutely useless. Then he's going to have those two touchdown hundred yard games. And it's like, Oh crap, that's Chris Olave. So I, and Jarvis Landry, I'm just not, I'm not, I, while he's good, I think that he's NFL good. And he's not really going to take too much away from Michael Thomas It's really Alvin Kamara that I'm like, okay, you got to get that guy touches, but Alvin Kamara and, Michael Thomas have been coexisting this long. So I don't know. I don't think I really want to fool with anything in that Saints office. I think that they're just going to be very well-rounded and everybody's yeah. going to get an equal share of the pie. I think they're balanced. I just mentioned Thomas for the injury angle, but it's really tough when you have a non-top-heavy offense to evaluate. This is one of the more balanced attacks in the league, or it should yeah. be at least. No, I don't, I'm not. No, I don't think I want to mess with anything on that offense, honestly. I'm throwing something on Jameis Winston comeback player of the year though. I like he's, that. He's my pick to win the award. Yeah. I'm throwing I'm throwing something on Jameis Winston comeback. What's the odds on that? I can't remember. Winston, I believe, is around four to one. Oh, so it, it dropped. Yeah. I, I remember talking about it. I mentioned it a couple months ago to like six to one. It's down to like four. Yeah, I think it was like six to one when I had mentioned it. I was at the fantasy. I, I blindly picked the conference. quarterbacks for these awards. Yeah, yeah it's plus five fifty. Plus five fifty. I'm looking plus, at one really? book here. Still five fifty? That's a good deal. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I definitely look at quarterbacks for those awards, and I'm not taking Baker. I'm not taking Dan Jones. I, it, it's Jameis Winston. Just I'm not, like I'm not sure what to think of Henry's health. McCaffrey gets hurt every year, but we think he could stay healthy. I don't know. The point is you have two running backs off pretty serious injuries last year, and the only quarterback that's really in the running is Winston. Plus 550 for the only serious quarterback in the running, I think is definitely worth a shot. I know, you, I know Baker's technically in the running, but – if Carolina is supposed to be bad, I don't think he's got a shot to win the award. You know, I think Derrick Henry is going to he could put he could potentially get the job rant treatment for this award. He could just like, yeah, he's just so like we already know he's so good. And technically he is a comeback player. So but he came back last year like he came back last year. I don't know. I'm not giving him a comeback player. He came back last year. All right. Whatever. Let's move on to the final team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, over under, win total set at 11 and a half, minus 310 to win the division, plus 325 to win the NFC, 7-1 to win the Super Bowl. And you, you know, you hinted at it earlier. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think that the Tampa Bay Bucks, at this point of where we're at before the season, they are starting to get that Dallas Cowboys treatment from me of what did they possibly do better from last year to this year that makes you any confident that they're going to be better than what they were last year? Because not, not to mention all the distractions, but we'll get into that. I in mean, a sec. maybe Julio, if you're, but I don't, I don't think Julio is really an upgrade of any from Chris Godwin or anything they had. You said Godwin. Years. I mean, it's Antonio Brown's replacement. Yeah, I mean Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's better than Julio Jones right now. 
yeah so i don't think that there's anything <laughs> anything there for that so i'm just like what did the offensive line is in shambles right now struck with injuries and retirements really really killed them brady retired then he came back and then he left and now he's back again to switch coaches because Brady didn't like Arians, but Arians is still there as a yeah. consultant. And then Brady yeah. allegedly is going on the mask singer and he leaves practice for two weeks. And I don't know what the hell is going on with that team. There's a lot of problems from what I can tell. And yes, I know Brady is the greatest winner in the history of the sport. I'm aware of that. But at some point, you have to at least acknowledge that he's kind of bringing a circus with him for this offseason. And Brady's like the main culprit of all the distractions that are going on. They also lost Gronk, who was randomly good last year. We thought that he was kind of done, and he <laughs> was randomly not. But I like the under. And we're talking about liabilities. I mentioned it before. I'm going to bring it up. The number one liability for unders is the Buccaneers. Under 11 and a half. Hmm. People love the unders. And I feel like it sounds crazy to look at Brady's team and take an under, but I'm going to do it. The offensive line is absolutely atrocious. It's not their fault. They had a lot of injuries to key pieces. That's a red flag. And you're looking at what they did during the offseason, as you alluded to. Now we're also talking about the coach. I think Arians is a light years better than than Bowles. I don't think it's very close. I don't think it's close. Yeah. I don't think Bowles is bad. I think he was okay with the Jets. I'm not going to fully blame him there. But Arians won a Super Bowl. He won coach of the year with Indianapolis. Like they significantly downgraded a coach, downgraded a tight end, downgraded offensive line, and they got older. They have a lot of veterans on that team, which sounds good when you try to run it back, but they don't get any younger. And if we're going to roast the Lakers, for example, for being a retirement home, it's not that bad, but it's not good too. They don't have, they don't exactly have much youth on the roster. Mm -hmm. I like the under. I think they'll win. Nine or ten games. Uh, I'm I'm kind of low on this team. I want to be low on them so bad, but I think they somehow just end up in the same spot they were last year, like a random twelve win team. I I think they're going to be very bad ATS. I don't think this is going to be a good ATS team at all. A lot of Brady come from behind wins. Yeah, I think that's really what it is. Brady's just going to muscle them to a lot of come behind wins. But as I look through the schedule, I'm like, a lot of these games that are quote-unquote tough games, man, I think they're in it. Like, you get Aaron Rodgers coming to Tampa, Florida, where Aaron Rodgers just has this weird streak where he just can't win games in Florida. Mm -hmm. And so, you you know, you get Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the grudge match there between Rodgers and Brady. And then it's just you get – you get the Rodgers, the Ravens, the Rams, and the Chiefs all at home. So everything hard out of conference, you got a home game for. Now, I mean, depending on how you feel about Trey Lance, you're going on the road to go. You're even getting the Bengals at home. I didn't even realize that. You're getting the Bengals at home too. And then you're going on the road and you get Trey Lance, what may or may not be good. You're getting – the Browns, where I'm pretty sure this is without Deshaun Watson, but what week is this? One, two, three, four, five, six. I believe it's without Watson. Nine, too. 10, 11. Yeah, it's the last game without Watson. It's the last game without Watson. So you're getting the Browns without Watson. You're getting freaking Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and whatever. The, I don't know. They just, 
this, the, ske- the schedule is the not schedule bad. Is favorable. The schedule is favorable. favorable. The main concern I have, though, which is why I'm looking at the under. It's not. It's not one of my favorite plays. Like the liability is for sports books. It's not my favorite under. But when you tend to see a circus when it comes to an actual NFL team, I'll lean unders. I just think there's way too many separate storylines going on. I don't want anything to do with it. This is a clear stay away team for me. I'm not going to touch the yeah. win total. But talking about value, they should not be minus 300 and change to win the division oh, with no, all of these distractions. Right. That yeah, that no. I can't get behind. But for the sake of win total, I'll lean under, but I'm going to pass. Yeah, I would never. I would never lay that much juice, but I'm going to take the over 11 and a half. I'm just going to fade the public here. And the schedule, the schedule is favorable. All your tough games are at home. Literally every single one of your tough games, your toughest games are all at home. I think that that's, that is something that's going to go boat well for them where they're going to get a couple of those wins that might've probably been losses. I don't know about the Rams. The Rams just have their number, but I, yeah, give me, give me the bucks over 11 and a half. I still think that the value here is on the saints, but if there's a team that makes the books pay, um, well, not makes, but makes the public pay, I it would think be it Brady. possibly is. Yeah, it would be Brady, especially in this, what he knows is probably going to be his last season. Yeah. He's just some weird way. Brady's good. I don't know how, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what to put into it, but some weird way they're good. And they're a 12 win team. I'll take the over 11 and a half. Any prop series, uh, season-long prop bets for you in this game. It's a really, really tricky team to evaluate as well because, once again, they have so many weapons. And trying to find out where they're going to divide it, Brady's passing yards are 4,600. Uh, the unders minus 120. Mm. I'm really trying to think of what to expect from this team. Are they going to try to use Fournette more? Are they going to try to throw the ball more? I mean, the offensive line sucks. Like that. That's the real issue that you run into uh, with this overall roster offensively because you can look at all the weapons, but at the end of the day, it's it's frosting. Mm-hmm. You still need a you still need a cake. And unfortunately the offensive line, the actual foundation of the cake is a little soggy. I mean, do you want to make a case for an over with this team offensively with a prop if you don't exactly trust the offensive line? Yeah, give me the uh, looking for a number, looking for a number, looking for a number. Give me the over 10 and a half touchdowns for Mike, for Mike Evans. Okay. I think if there's anything consistent, anything consistent, barring injury, anything consistent about this team is going to be the fact that Brady will look, they're going to find ways to move the ball somehow with Brady and his bad offense. They're going to find ways to move the ball. They're going to be in scoring position and he's going to look for Mike Evans. That is the most consistent thing that I could tell you about this offense. So if I'm getting over 10 and a half for minus 105 from Mike Evans, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go with another receiver. Uh, it's a guy who I want nothing to do with an actual fantasy, but to at least look at the numbers, you have Julio Jones at 550 and a half. I know he went for 431. He went for 434 last year in 10 games, but he also had Tannehill throwing him the ball, and we know Tennessee's a run first team. He played nine games in 2020, finished with 771 yards. I think he'll meet in the middle. I think I think Tampa's going to throw the ball a lot more than Tennessee did last year, and you have so much attention that's going to uh, Godwin going to Evans. I think that Julio could end up in some favorable spots or even 
line him up in the Gronkowski spot, question mark. Maybe try to get some <laughs> linebackers on him. You try to, you know, have some creative mismatches. I think 550 and a half is a little bit low. We know that veteran players get a second wind or they visit the founding youth whenever they play for Brady. Mm-hmm. Besides maybe Chad Ochocinco, which didn't work out for different reasons. But I'm going to go with the over for Julio. 550 and a half, I get that he's injury prone. But the fact is, he still went for 771 with Atlanta in 2020, only playing nine games. I think there is a path where Julio can be a limited producer on this team, but play 14 games, and solely based on volume, he goes over. Seven games for Antonio Brown last year in this offense, finished with 545. Julio, Julio is worse than Antonio Brown right now, but I'm at least acknowledging that number. I think it's a little low, especially if, if you want to buy into Brady going for potentially 5,000 yards, which we've seen him go for. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll get there, but I think Brady probably gets to what, 4,600, 4,700? It's a lot of passing yards. Yeah. And Godwin's off an injury. Somewhere. Evans gets hurt all the time. I'll go with the over for Julio. That number seems a little bit low. If it was like 650, I might lean to the under. 550, though, that's a little bit disrespectful. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm and with I think you. he I'm might play really... tight end. I can actually see him lining up in the Gronkowski spot. I can see oh, that. Really? Hmm. I don't know if I'm going that far, but... Just saying, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that... It really just makes it hard because they're so juiced on everything of anything else to really play for this team because they're just ele- it just feels like everything's elevated. Like I don't want anything to do with their division wins. I don't want anything to do with yeah. their with conference or Super Bowl. Well, it's just- also elevated for props. That's why I went with Julio because I feel like every other player's inflated and it seems like everybody's down on Julio. I don't exactly like Julio at the stage in his career. But with every other player and every other prop being inflated because it's Brady and the Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl two years ago, I have to at least consider going a bit contrarian. And I think Julio over is contrarian. I'm looking for... I know they have it here somewhere. Where is the first loss? Uh, first some loss books have that, some don't. But which game, are, which game are you looking at for first loss? The Saints. <laughs> which week is that? Is that week two? Is that week two for their Saints game? Yeah, that's week two. Week two loss to the Saints. At and if that's Warriors. not available, you could always just do a rollover parlay or an open parlay. Just bet the Buccaneers money line week one, roll it over, take the Saints money line week two. It's the same exact thing. Yeah, so, I can't find it. It's fine. I'm saying you could roll it over, worst let's, case scenario. Let me see if I can get some odds on that really quick because I think that's one of my like <laughs> they get killed by this Saints team they yep. just get killed by this Saints team it's earlier in the season probably everything isn't all the way put together for them if there's one of their losses I think it's week two and so alright let's see here they're minus 126 versus the Cowboys can I parlay them for the next week let me see hold on NFL week two. I I agree with you for the record. I think I think they're gonna lose to New Orleans. Yeah. It just feels like a, a spot. All right. Plus three fifty. Plus okay. three fifty for Tampa Bay money line week one and New Orleans money line week two. 
I like that. I'm giving that out. That's one of my plays. I think that they lose that week two game against New Orleans. Do you want to make a case for awards? Because I got nothing. I mean, if 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 everybody's wrong and they're actually sneakily really good, do you think Bowles gets any credit? credit for what the hell Brady <laughs> I was about to say, doing? Does Bowles get any? Yeah, no, Bowles doesn't get any credit. Arians barely got credit. And you won a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, nah, he's not getting any credit. All right, there's no, it's nothing awards wise that I'm throwing out there. Let's move. Well, no, it's time for our best bets. So a lock and a dog of some sort for these NFC South. For my lock, it's pretty easy. I'm going with that Kyle Pitts over 68 and a half receptions. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. With losing Calvin Ridley and you're bringing in Drake London, who won not all the way healthy. Kyle Pitts is a stagnant, very and he has a matchup nightmare. He's just a matchup nightmare. He's a receiver in a tight body. So, Cup is over 68 and a half receptions. That's my lock. For my dog, give me New Orleans to make the playoffs, plus 125. I think they get in the playoffs. They're a 10 win team. Yeah. So, for mine, we're going to have the same dog, but I'm actually going to double down on the Saints. My lock's going to be the over eight and a half wins. Okay. Uh, I believe you said it was minus 140. Give or take, is that what you said it was? Uh, for the Saints wait. over eight and a half. Let me tell I you. I think that. I think you said one forty. I'm pretty sure that's the number you gave me. There's something. Oh no, it's one hundred five. Wait, one forty was something else. Wait, the Saints over eight and a half wins is minus one hundred five. Yes, on WinBet. Uh, sure. Sign up at WinBet because I'm I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking that over eight and a half as yeah. my lock. One hundred five. What do you? It's one hundred five both ways. Yeah, you must be out of your damn mind. I'm taking the over. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this team's going to win at least 10 games, as you said before. Tam- yeah. Tampa has a decent uh, or a favorable schedule, but I still have some question marks, and they never beat New Orleans anyway. I like the Saints' overall roster. Dennis Allen might just be in the position where as long as he doesn't screw up enough games, they'll find a way to win 10. But give me the Saints to win total over 8.5. It should be 9.5. I'll take advantage of that. And for my dog, same thing as you. If the Saints win 10 games, they're making the playoffs. Yeah. They might even make the playoffs if they win nine games, and you just have Honestly. a down NFC. You have a five-team tiebreaker, and the Saints somehow win the tiebreaker. I'm going with New Orleans to make the playoffs. I think this team's good, and I, I'm going to bet on them accordingly. All right. Love it. Love it. Love it. Everyone, this is the NFL Gambling Podcast. And I'm telling you, I'm excited. Like I'm excited for this. I'm excited to be the Thursday night guy. I'm going to have so much fun. I'm talking about – same game parlays, first touchdown, DFS line. I'm about to have so much fun doing Thursday nights with Scott here. That is going to be great. We are here next I'm going to bet drive week. props, so get excited. You have what? I'm going to bet oh, drive, props. drive props. Are we, are, wait, doing drive are, we, are we doing this before the game or is this a live stream? No, it's before the game. Okay, so I could still bet on the first drive. We could have some Yeah, more. so we can so we're gonna be giving out first score game. in the first is, seven who minutes. Who is giving you first drive props? Score in the first seven minutes. We we can have some fun with the stuff. Hey guys, look, just save us a little portion of your bankroll. That's all we ask. Just save us a little portion of your bankroll because we are having so much yeah. fun. Win or lose, we're gonna have fun. That's all that matters. We're gonna have a bunch of fun. All right. Anything else, Scott, for the people before we get up out of here? <laughs> Not really. Looking forward to the start of the NFL season. Besides that, we still got a bunch of pods, WNBA, in the middle of the playoffs. Uh, We just had a podcast for the Wednesday games, so check that out if you want some basketball action on Wednesday. Besides that, also have the tennis show that I'm doing with my co-host Sam. 
U.S. Open time, a uh, pretty big deal for some people. Serena's still in it. We'll see if she survives Wednesday. So we'll see yeah. what happens there. Uh, besides that, still doing a bunch of other shows. Uh, NFL, we already talked about. Fantasy football, which we're going to be doing a lot because, uh, of course, fantasy football's half of, I'd say, football fans' lives at this point. Mm-hmm. The other half's gambling, and you have fantasy, and it's kind of like a Venn diagram. They overlap in the middle. But a lot of people want fantasy, so we're going to give you fantasy and DFS stuff. And, yeah, I'm forgetting some podcasts also. NBA, of course. Uh, yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of shows here, and uh, it's a lot of sports going on at the same time. It's one of the best times to be a sports fan. Absolutely, absolutely. If you're not subscribed, subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Make sure you leave us a review. We're here all season, a huge team. We got Ryan, we've got Dylan, we got Moon Off, we got me, we got Scott, I got Rod, got DT, Dan Titus. We got a whole bunch of people for you. So all your NFL needs are here. Gonna be combating the main show, you know, Sean and Ryan for that top spot in SGP. So we'll see, we'll see. But let us know if you need anything. Otherwise, other than that, I really don't have nothing. He's at Rice Show Radio. I'm at really real underscore underscore. That's really it. I have no idea how I'm in the podcast, but we're just going to end the podcast and get up out of here like this. We are out.